Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. In the past many years of being a Christian, I learned that we need the Word of God as our truth or our foundation so that what we believe will not be in the wrong things or we will not have just a presumption of what we want to see. Everything that we believe and we practice needs to be based in the Word of God. But at the same time, if we have only the Word without the Holy Spirit, we will just have the head knowledge, but we don't have the power to change and to do anything. That's why the church needs to welcome both the truth. We need to preach the truth to renew our mind, to change the way we think in the same way that the Bible say. And not only that, the word will help us to have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. How can I have faith in healings if I never hear the word of God regarding healings? I cannot. And how can I have faith in the touch of the Holy Spirit if I never listen to the teaching regarding the Holy Spirit? How can I have faith to walk with the Spirit of the living God if I don't even have understanding in the Word of God regarding the Holy Spirit? So teaching of the Word of God is an important ministry to prepare the heart and the mind of people to be able to move on and cooperate with the Lord according to His truth. And the Holy Spirit never does anything against His own word. He will do everything according to the word of God. But the problem is that a lot of time, we judge people that move in the Holy Spirit. For example, you see people touched by God and something happened to them and you judge the ministry because you don't know the word enough about the Holy Spirit. And then you judge them and you say, my church never did that. But I'm sorry, you don't read the Bible that talk about that part yet. Or you don't understand that part in the Bible. That's why you don't see in the church. You know, the church can see, or we, we as a Christian can understand, or can experience God usually only at the level we know. Because if we don't know, we don't have faith for it. Then we cannot experience it. Because everything that we receive from God comes by faith. If the church never teaches about healing, you will never experience healing that much in the church. It will be extremely rare. Because people don't have faith in healing. If the church never teaches about the fire of God or the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit, then you will never see that happen. If the church never teaches us about demonology or deliverance, casting out demons, then you will never see casting out demons in the church. Because you go by what you believe. And if you don't hear the word, you don't have faith, you will never see those things happen in your life. This is why I really value the importance of the ministry of teaching. Last time, I was talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want to review a little bit here and go on to talk about it. The Lord told me to teach about the Holy Spirit because He wants His people in this house to know Him personally and have an intimate relationship with Him. I believe that the person that is most ignored in the world is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a real person. But a lot of time, Christians just totally ignore Him for years and years and never talk to Him because they don't know who He is and they've never been educated about how He works in our life. Last time we learned that the Holy Spirit is the person. He has the personality. He's not just an abstract or a force or the power. Some cults teach us that the Holy Spirit is just a power or a force. He's not a person, which is not true. I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10 and 12. 
However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, God has prepared many, many, many great things, wonderful knowledge, wonderful blessings, wonderful promises in heaven that the Lord Jesus. Did for us on the cross, but we don't know, we don't understand. Our eyes have not seen, our ears has not heard, but God has revealed it to us. What God prepared for us, the more we know, the more benefit we have. It's like when I live in America, I need to know my right, my privilege as an American citizen. If I don't know, I will be taken advantage of some lawyers and some bad people. But if I know my right and my privilege, then I can take benefit out of it. I can have advantage in life. And God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we may understand, we may understand what God has freely given us. If we don't know what God has given us, then we never take it. We just ignore. Is that right? So how can we know what God has given us? The Bible says the only person that can reveal to us His name is the Holy Spirit. So the church or any Christian. Who rejects the Holy Spirit, and who never wants to know about the Holy Spirit, will miss a lot of blessings and understanding in this life before they go to heaven. But when they go to heaven, it's too late because they already miss a lot on earth here. I want to reap all the benefit that God has for me in the earth here, in this life, so that I can be productive. So that I can be a blessing to my wife, my kids, my patients, the members of the church, and to my nation and to people around me. Because the more I'm blessed, the more I can bless other people. Is that right? You cannot bless people with what you don't have. So you need to have what God prepared for you, and the Holy Spirit is the one who will bring that to us. So the Holy Spirit is the person, and as we know that the Holy Spirit is the person, He is the one who come and equip us. Anoints us, trains us, reveal the truth to us, show us the deep things of God, help us to walk the victorious life. He is our helper. As we understand this truth in the Bible, we will treat him as a person. We will not treat him as a force. You understand when I say treat him as a person. Today, a couple came into my office to talk about the back problem. And this couple were talking and talking and talking, and was were very mad at the medical system that they went through. And as a doctor, I need to respect them, and I need to listen to them, and show that I really care for you and value you, value your opinions and your experiences. So they keep going and going and going, and I sit there in my heart, say, "When you're going to stop this? This is too long." Our meeting should be one hour. This is one and a half hours already. You keep talking, but even though I feel that way, I still need to really hold myself and still smile and nod my head. And yes, I sympathize with you. I try to help you. Why? Because I treat them as a person. I don't treat them as an object. I need to respect a person. And that couple, I need to respect them. The same thing. If we treat the Holy Spirit as a person, we will respect Him. We will treat Him in the right way, not ignoring Him. We will really communicate. We will really talk to Him and listen to Him. Amen. And one of the best way to show love to God is to surrender to the Holy Spirit. I notice as a pastor, I've been a pastor for more than twenty-three years now. I noticed one thing: that the real main problem with Christians in the church, why they face a lot of problems, because they never yield to the Holy Spirit. They yield to the flesh. 
they yield to demons, they yield to the world system. Do you know that we have freedom of choice? Do you know that? And even though you are spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, it doesn't mean that you will not make a choice to yield to the flesh and yield to the world system and yield to demonic activities. You can yield to those things. But if you want to live a victorious life, if you want God to be pleased with you, the key is to yield or to surrender to the Holy Spirit 24-7. And you can walk like that, I can guarantee your life will never be the same. You will have victories. You will see great things happen in your life if you can yield to the spirit of the living God. And then when you read the Bible, he will show you the truth, the deep things of God. When you drive, he will tell you that the police is two blocks ahead of you. (laughs) When you perform surgery, he will tell you that something wrong at another side of the body and you need to go there and take a look. And when you're typing computer or email, he will tell you what to do, what to say in the email. He will guide you and help you in every single step of your life. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. I sometimes doing something wrong because I did not listen to the Holy Spirit enough. And I look back, I feel sorry that I should listen to him. We surrender to the Holy Spirit by prayer. What do you mean by prayer? When I say prayer, it doesn't mean that you need to kneel down in your bedroom and talk to God alone. Prayer is the posture of our spirit. It means that even in your car, when you drive, or when you are talking to your customer or your manager or your boss, you in your heart, you pray, you talk to God, you connect to God. You talk to him and counsel him and listen to him all the time. You have a prayer life that you talk to God, you put the antenna up and send a signal to him, okay, this is going on right now. My boss is yelling at me, what should I do? My wife is unhappy with me right now, what should I say? Or something, or my son or my daughter is acting up right now, how should I talk to my kids? You talk to God all the time. You pray and you listen to Him and the voice come back to you and you just surrender to that voice. He is the person and He can listen to you and you can listen to Him and it's your choice whether you're going to surrender or you're going to resist what He say. I'd rather surrender to what He says. Amen. And the second way to really surrender to the Holy Spirit, not only to have a prayer life, Surrender to Him 24-7 is also to have a brokenness of heart. What does it mean, brokenness of heart? It means that you realize, you come to the conclusion that I'm just a human being. If I fall off a building, my legs and my neck are going to be broken. I'm vulnerable. I am not a superman. I don't know everything. I have mistakes and failures and shortcomings in my life. I blew it. I have missed it. I have done wrong. God, forgive me. God, I'm not going to sit as a driver of my car. I'm going to be a passenger. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to let you lead me. You are the master and the Lord of my life. I am nothing without you. But what happened? A lot of times people don't Live that way. A lot of people think, oh, I'm a master degree. I'm PhD. I'm a smart guy. I can memorize scripture. I finished from Bible school. I graduated from a Bible school. I've been Christian for 20 years. I know everything. I'm a great guy. I've done a lot of things for God. Oh, God, you depend on me. I'm going to tell you what to do. That is not the brokenness of heart. The brokenness of heart is humility. Depending on the Lord. Know your weakness. Know that you cannot do it by yourself. You need the grace of God. You know if you do it by yourself, you may make a big mistake. You humble. You depend on the Lord. Amen? And then He will help you. Every day you wake up, you say, God, I need your help today. Please help me in this situation. Tell me what to do. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding and insight. Give me the light, shining the light upon me so I know what happened. And if you can walk with the Holy Spirit that way, 
eventually you will have a deep relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who take you to the deeper relationship with Christ. One of the testimony that I heard in the revival meeting in Thailand all the time with those people, either new believers or backsliders or people who been Christian for a long time but their life have never gone anywhere in the spiritual walk. They always say the same thing that from since I've been touched by the Holy Spirit in the meeting, my knowledge and my relationship or intimacy with Jesus Christ has increased a lot. Now I know who Christ is. Now I can understand why I should love Jesus. You cannot know Jesus and love Jesus by just reading the Bible. You need the revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. And that is my personal experience too. Since 1997, I was touched by the fire of God. My relationship with Jesus Christ has increased The intimacy with Christ has increased significantly. I don't go to church as a routine or as a religious commitment anymore, but I go because I have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So you see, the Holy Spirit is the advocate on earth here who will bring whatever in heaven to show us and to reveal to us. That's why the church, church, we need to recognize the personhood of the Holy Spirit. We need to have really strong relationship with the Holy Spirit on earth here. You know that the Father is in heaven, sitting on the throne. Do you know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven? Jesus is not here on earth right now. The time of Jesus was 2,000 years ago. But now is the time of the Holy Spirit. Definitely, we honor and we worship Jesus and the Father. But who help us to get to the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. If you get deeper in relationship with the Holy Spirit, you listen to Him. The same scripture that you read for 1,000 times, that day the Holy Spirit can just shine the light upon you and reveal to you the deeper understanding and also attach with faith that when you read that scripture, wow, this is it. I understand now and I have faith for it. Instead of just read the Bible as a head knowledge, go to your eyes and come out and you have nothing. You don't understand anything. But it will be a revelation that come by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. But he's not a person that looks like a gangster that come in and force his way into your life. The Holy Spirit is really likened to the adult, which means gentleness. He is a gentle guest in your life if you let him to be a guest. Or you can let him, you can allow him to be an intimate companion. Or friend and helper. So when the Holy Spirit walk into a house, he's going to sit in the living room and he will not move or do anything until the owner of the house come and say, Welcome. Are you hungry? I want to feed you. You like to see my bedroom? You want to see my safe? How much money I have? You want to see my kitchen? I want you to be my partner. I want you to be with me. And we're going to live together. We're going to be here together. And you have freedom to go into any room of my life. If you don't let him do that, if you say, no, 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 don't come into my bedroom. I have some secret in my bedroom. Don't touch my computer because if you go to check the history of the website, you will see some pornographic website there. Don't touch my laptop. Don't touch my computer, please, Holy Spirit. Even though he knows, but he's not going to touch it. Because you don't allow him to do. You need to understand he is a gentle man. And he will do whatever he wants. He will back off in this house tonight. If I don't move in the Holy Spirit, I just preach and then let you go home. He's going to move. He's going to leave. He will not force his way into this room. But if I allow and you allow him to move, he's going to move. 
because he's a gentleman he will not do whatever we will not him let him do amen how many people want god move into your life how many people say come into my bedroom you can see my bedroom how many people say god you can come into every part of my life and if you see any demon in there if you see any wrong attitude you come and clean it up get rid of them clean it up raise your hand up amen we need to allow him to do whatever he wants He will not intrude himself into our life. We need to welcome him and allow him and say, "Holy Spirit, become my closest companion, become my closest friend. Everywhere I go, you go with me. You are my helper. You are my teacher. You are the one who brings blessing to my life. You are the wisdom of my life. You are the healer of my life." Amen. And again. You cannot really appropriate or experience or understand the work of a person if you don't know that person. Lately, I noticed that many of my patients, when they walk into my office, they already know almost many things of my life. They know I'm a pastor of the church. They know how my wife looks like. Why? Because they already check the website. They Google me, Warulla Haprasit, and they look at everything. The reason why they want to know about me, and they even check whether I have lawsuit or not. They even check that I am in the legal action with somebody suing me or not. They know everything. They check. They even pay fifteen dollars to check about my life in the website. Why? Because in order to allow somebody to cut on your head, they need to know who I am before I shave their hair. Before I cut their hair, they need to know who Dr. Lahar Prasit is. The same thing. If we want to really appropriate and experience the work of the Holy Spirit, it's so important for all of us to know who He is and to experience Him and to really build that relationship. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit this year or next year will be stronger than this year, and year 2012 going to be stronger than year 2000. 11 and you 2010. Every single year, you can know him at a deeper level and have a deeper relationship with him. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you in this room that from now on, set the goal to know the Holy Spirit and to really appreciate Him, not ignoring Him anymore. Amen. This kind of meeting, revival meeting, is a time that you learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit. All of us may have different levels of spiritual sensitivity. I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit because I grew up in Thailand, where I went to a lot of animistic functions. When I say animistic, mean they play with. Demons and spirit and spirit came into the person and talk and so I was trained and growing up in the spiritual world in Thailand. So I'm very sensitive to the spiritual world. But some of us are not very sensitive. But that's okay. Don't compare yourself to another person because we all grow up in a different way, different trainings. But if you seek and you search and you desire. And you are hungry, and you yearn to know Him. As you keep coming back to the meeting like this, as you pray and spend time with God in your own bedroom, and you seek God, eventually the Holy Spirit will become so real to you and touch you. Many people who Facebook me and email me, they say that you know, Pastor Lau, it's amazing. I don't need to even go to the meeting. I listened to your sermon in my bedroom, and the Holy Spirit came down upon me, and I got drunk in the Holy Spirit, and I could laugh and I cry, and demon come out of me in my bedroom. Why? Because they're so hungry. Because they want to know the Holy Spirit. One of our favorite sermon series in Thailand called "The File of God." So everyone that listen to our CD will listen to this series first, "The File of God." That's why they got stirred up right away. I need to know the Holy Spirit, and they start to get hungry. Amen. The Holy Spirit is so important to the gospel. Let's look at Romans chapter eight, verse eleven. The Bible say, "Do you know that one of the main truth?" Of the gospel is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I would not be standing here tonight. I would rather go on the boat, or go to shop, or do something else tonight, having fun. I would not be in the church today or every Sunday if the person that I call my God, named Jesus, is still in the tomb, and his bone still there. I would not believe in the God who died and still dead. I follow the God who is alive. If my God is dead, how can He help me? I have to help Him. Is that right? <laughs> That's why, as a before I became a Christian, I have statue and idol on the shelf. When the fire came into the house one time, when I was about seven years old, I was in. Uh, in a house, and then the fire came into that house. We all run to the statue and, and the idol, and we carry that idol out into the house. We don't want that idol to be burned. And after I grow up for a while, I think, what's going on here? They should help me. Why I have to help them? And then after I know Jesus, I know now who is the real God, the God who is alive that can help me. <laughs> and. Who raised Jesus up from the dead? That we can have faith today, and who can give life to the dead body? Who can give life to the dead situation in your walk on earth? Here, Romans chapter eight verse eleven. And if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your Mortal bodies through His Spirit, who lives in you. Wow, what a profound scripture! The Holy Spirit who is in you, one day in the future, will raise your body up from the dead and give you a new body. But that is not only the resurrection of the dead, but also the same Holy Spirit can give life to your mortal body. In other words. If death come in, for example, bacteria come into my body and try to kill me, the Holy Spirit can burn that bacteria away. Amen. One person wrote the email to me. This person was diagnosed with AIDS, and it was proven by doctor. She came to the meeting, and she got touched by the Holy Spirit in our camp in Thailand. She went back to see her doctor. They check her blood. No more virus, gone. She was totally healed from AIDS. When the Holy Spirit come into your life, He will give life to you, and He will kick out dead things in your life: sickness, disease, dead relationship, dead finances. He will turn you around to have life. He is the Spirit of life. And when you come to the Spirit of God, you need to have that faith. Holy Spirit, tonight when you touch me, you give me life. Amen. Hallelujah. I can go on and on about life all night because I'm a doctor. I deal with death and sickness all the time. Life come by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, as you know that the Holy Spirit is a person, instead of seeking the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the way Christians should do. Instead of say, "God, give me power. I want more power. I want more power." Yeah, it will come. But instead of doing that, you should say, "God, I want to surrender to you more." So, in other words, the less of you and the more of the Holy Spirit in you means you surrender. You die. You become zero. I surrender myself. Let the Holy Spirit become bigger than me. Then the power will be stronger. The things that block the power of God is you and me. If we have too much flesh, too much personal desire, too much goal in my own life, but block the will of the Holy Spirit, then He cannot demonstrate the power. But the key is surrender and yield and say, "I want to surrender to you more and let you work in me and work through me." Amen. If the Holy Spirit is just power, then we would simply say, "I want to get a hold of it." But if the Holy Spirit is a divine person, we will say, "I want Him to get hold of me." 
If the Holy Spirit is just power and and force, we would be proud to have it and feel superior to those who don't have it. But if we know that the Holy Spirit is a divine person, we will humble ourselves and say, "I'm broken. You can do whatever you want in my life." If he is a person, if the Holy Spirit is The power only, the force. You will say, "Holy Spirit, you come and fulfill my desire and my plan, and get the job done for me and my plan." But if the Holy Spirit is a divine person, you will say, "Holy Spirit, what is your plan? I want to follow your plan and fulfill your plan by your help." Is it different? If you f- treat the Holy Spirit as power. You would think one way, but you treat the Holy Spirit as a person. You would treat him another way. He is eternal. He is living. In John chapter sixteen, seven to eight, this is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you notice, the Lord Jesus did not call the Holy Spirit it, but call the Holy Spirit He. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. I understand why Jesus said that because He cannot be. At in Seattle and in Jerusalem at the same time, but the Holy Spirit can. Unless I go away, the Counselor, mean the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Lord Jesus called the Holy Spirit, He, and Counselor, not just power. John chapter 16 verse 13, but when He, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit will bring only the truth. Any time you hear lies and deception, that is not the Holy Spirit. That is demonic spirits. If you hear somebody say, "Oh, the Spirit tell me this," and that what he say is against the Bible, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's demonic spirit. Demon come to deceive. The church called demonic doctrines, amen. So we have to be careful. Anything that against the Bible, if uh, a person say, "Oh, there is no speaking in tongue anymore today," please look at the Bible. The Bible say never say speaking in tongue is done deal. Still there today. So you need to be careful. But because demonic spirit can come and deceive the church, so that the church will miss a lot of blessing that God has given to the church. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you that what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will bring the truth from heaven and reveal to us. He is the Spirit of truth, and not only the truth that is in the Bible, but the truth about your situation. The truth about what can happen to you. He can tell you about what can happen in the future for your life, so that you will not make a big mistake. Maybe before you get married, you should pray: Is this the right person I marry to? And the Holy Spirit may say to you: No, 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 no. Don't get married with this person because you're gonna be in trouble. Because you're gonna face big problem. Then you should back off. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We should always listen to the Holy Spirit. He is our guide, because he's a person. He has intelligence, he has feelings, he has his will, and he is worthy to be worshipped and receive recognition. I know that the devil doesn't want the church to have the move of the Holy Spirit. I know that when I start to move tonight, some of you may feel very awkward. And demon on the inside or around you, demon can be inside or around you, will speak to you. Get out of here asap. Don't let the Holy Spirit touch you. You know why? Because He knows that if the Holy Spirit touch you and move in your life, He has to go. And then the light comes, and the truth show revealed. Then you will not be deceived easily anymore. Is that right? So we need to welcome the Holy Spirit. It's interesting when a lady 
want to have nice face, she will go to a plastic surgeon. She said, "I want to have a bigger nose, double layer eyelids. I want my cheek to go this way, my lips." And the plastic surgeon will say, "Oh, anything you want, you just pay. I do it for you, cash, because the insurance will not pay for you for plastic surgery." When you go to the doctor to get more beautiful, you're willing to pay. You're willing to go through anesthesia. You're willing to hurt and face welling for a few days, and take some Percocet or Vicodin because it hurts after surgery. And you do anything. You yield to the doctor, whatever the doctor wants to do. The same thing when the patient with brain tumor come to me. They say, shave my head, whatever you want to do. I want the tumor to come out from me. But when we come to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit want to operate on you and do something to beautify you, you will say, "Oh no, don't touch me. I, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable." I don't want you to do anything to me. I want to just have a mellow, dignified meeting. If you go to see a surgeon, you cannot be dignified anymore. They're gonna take your clothes off in the OR. I'm serious, because you cannot wear this clothes in the OR. They take it off. They put the new gown on, and sometimes they put the catheter into your bladder. No dignity in the operating room. The same thing. When the Holy Spirit touch you, there's no dignity. He will do anything he wants. We need to come to him with a humble heart and say, "God, you want to do anything to me? Go for it. I'm willing for you to operate on me today." Amen. Last thing I want to say. On Wednesday afternoon, after I finished the operation, a representative of a company that sell me some product for back fusion asked me, "I." Notice that you are different from other doctor, and I heard from the nurse that you are a Christian. You are a pastor. I say yes, and he said that's why you look different. You are so calm. You are so nice to me. Not very arrogant like some surgeon. And he said yes, and he said, can you tell me a little bit why you are a scientist believe in God? Why you are not against God? I told him that. We are living in the natural world, and we are deal with the natural world. We deal with the natural world, but the spiritual world is real, and both worlds are connected. They impact each other. If you don't live right on earth in the natural world, it's gonna impact you in the spiritual world. And the same thing, the spiritual world. If you are not strong spiritually, it will impact your natural world. That's what I told this man. And I say that, you know, you go to church. Yes, sometimes we teach something simple, natural. For example, if you love your wife, buy the flower for her. That's natural. You buy her ear, diamond ring. <laughs> Or the lady like me now, diamond <laughs> ring to your wife. That is natural. <laughs> you buy her a diamond ring. That's natural. If you want your Mother-in-law to like you, you just take her out for dinner. Don't argue with her. Don't yell at her. It's natural, but it's not enough just to teach about the natural thing. The church has the responsibility to teach you spiritual thing as well. And the spiritual thing you cannot learn from University of Washington. You cannot learn from your classroom. You learn in the church. And you learn it from the spiritual man, who have the spiritual experience and understand the spiritual thing, and have relationship with the Holy Spirit, who teach you the spiritual thing. That's why we come tonight. I'm not teaching you science. I'm not teaching you how to be successful as a businessman in the natural way. I'm teaching you spiritual thing, so that you know. The Holy Spirit, who is in the spiritual world, and how to walk with Him, because if you are spiritual and you are strong in the spiritual realm, that strength will impact your natural life a big time. If you ignore spiritual part, you're gonna miss a lot 
Because the spiritual world, even though you don't see, it is as real as the person sit next to you. The Holy Spirit and demons are as real as the person next sit next to you. They are real, and that's why we need to understand how to deal with the spiritual thing. Amen. That's my goal tonight to teach you spiritual thing, and we need to learn that. Amen. How many people learn something tonight? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So tonight we will pray for people, and I want to encourage you that when you come to the prayer line, come with hunger, with yielded spirit, surrender. Come with the expectation and faith that God will change you and touch you tonight. Definitely, some of you may be new, may not know how to hook up to the Holy Spirit. That's okay. It's a practice. You. Come more and more, you will be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I want to teach you something here. Some of you come to our meeting and wonder. Two things I want to share quickly. You wonder why people fall down. This is a good question. A simple answer is that because they cannot stand. Very scientific. They cannot stand. Why people fall down? Because of a few reasons. Number one, uh, let me explain to you, so you will not uh, go against this kind of thing. Number one, because when you are touched by the power that is higher than you, something has to give, and usually you give, and Holy Spirit win. So you feel that you lose strength and you fall down. That's the first reason that something bigger touch you. You lost strength and you fall. Second reason is that is it is this kind of meeting is not the typical Sunday service meeting where you come and sing a few songs, listen to sermon, and go home and go have watch TV program and move on with your life. No, this is the meeting that we want you to learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit and learn how to soak in the presence of God, and in that presence of God, He will do something in your life. Psychologically and physically, it's very difficult to focus and to stay pressed in. You understand the word pressed in? Pressed in means I'm not going to leave. I'm going to keep going after God. God, come and talk to me and touch me, do something, heal me. You press in, press in. It's hard to press in if you stand for a long time or kneel down for a long time because your knee is going to get hurt. You stand for a long time, what happens? When the pastor who lay hand on you walk by, then the first reaction, you open your eyes and look around. And you stop pressing in. But when you go down to the floor, you close your eyes, your legs are not tired, you just pray to God and let God speak to you. Let God touch you. He may not touch you right away when my hand lay on you. Actually, 80% of the time that God touched me was about five minutes after the person who laid hand on me walked away. And then God started to touch me because I was pressing in, pressing in, pressing in, and God see that I'm serious about this. So God come and touch me and start to do something to me on the floor. Not only that, scripturally, according to the Bible, if you read the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation clearly, uh, carefully, you see that God's people in the Bible, all of them, including Abraham, Isaac, John, you name it, Daniel, David, everybody who come to God and seek God's help, Jacob, anybody who come and seek God's help, they will prostrate down or fall to the ground to show humility and surrender to the Lord. All of them. No one in the Bible stands like this. No. Everyone in the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, boom, on the floor. They prostrate down to the floor to the most humble position is to go to the floor. To show that, God, you can do whatever you want in my life. I humble myself to surrender to you. Amen? Let me explain one more thing. If you are touched by God tonight, and you notice that there's some struggling on the inside of you, maybe jerking, maybe some struggling, you feel something is fighting on the inside of you. 
or I see it and I tell you, listen to me, do what I say. Usually, that situation is that the Holy Spirit is chasing out demon from your life. Are there demons in Christian? Yes, demons can stay in Christian life because you don't give every part of your life to the Lord Jesus yet, and that's why Jesus said, "Go and cast out demon, get them out." Actually, I just listened to the testimony from a pastor last night. This pastor has a son-in-law. Let me share quickly. This son-in-law never keep any job, addict to alcohol, tobacco. And always fail. And this pastor just love him and love him and never blame him. And one day, this pastor was praying in the prayer room of the church. This pastor prayed, and then God, the Holy Spirit came and showed him that in the vision that there were three demons following around this man, this son-in-law, everywhere. That's why he lost job all the time, following him around. So God said, "You." Exercise your faith. Command them to go right now for your son-in-law. The son-in-law lived in Dallas, Texas. He was praying in Oklahoma. After he prayed like that, the Lord said, "In ten days, the man gonna get the job and keep that job and get promotion, promotion, promotion." He got. He got a job. He start from hundred dollars a month up to eventually sixty thousand a year. He kept all the job. He got promoted. He stopped smoking. He stopped drinking. All of this bad happened because demons are around him and influence him all the time. Why some Christians struggle? Why some husbands struggle? Why some people struggle in their life because they don't know they have demon bucking them, torturing them, and try to kill them and try to damage them. So when you feel that struggle, that the The Holy Spirit is pushing something out of you. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. The best thing to do is to cough them out. Demons are like a wind, so you cough them out. The first cough may be like a human cough, but after a few times, you're gonna feel like this is not a human cough. This is spiritual cough. It's gonna be very stronger and stronger. The demon will come out of you. I say this from my personal experiences, from a lot of. Pastor experiences that see the same thing. I need to teach you because I don't have time to stay with you for a long time. I have to go to the next person. So if I tell you demon coming out, go ahead and cough. You obey me. Do it, and you will see when you get up from the floor today, you will see a big difference in your life. You see, like wow, something come out of me. Some bad attitude or something that block me from knowing God come out from me. So do it. Let the Holy Spirit chase them out of your body, chase them out of your mind, kick them out of you. Amen. I know that this is something you don't hear much in America, because most American churches don't believe in demons and don't do casting out demons. But it's in the Bible, and I have seen it again and again. One time, I cast out demon on a woman in Thailand who planned to commit suicide in a week, and it took me a long time cast hundreds of demon out of her. And after she got out. She said, "Do you know, Pastor? I was planning to commit suicide next week, but I've, that feeling is gone now. I am not depressed anymore. I'm happy. God set her free that night. Thank God. Otherwise, she's gonna jump out of the building and kill herself." <clears throat> We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by Your only Son. Bring me your tired, You said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek Your glory. 
song 